For more resources, visit rym.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, we were talking to Reverend John Stone. Uh, we've talked about discipleship on Monday. Uh, yesterday, uh, John gave uh, some pieces of advice to his younger self about ministry, which I'd encourage you to go back and uh, check out. Um, and so, John, I know you went straight from seminary into campus ministry, college ministry, um, and now you're associate pastor. Um, but did you ever do youth ministry? I did. This is awesome. I did. Um... When I was in seminary in St. Louis, and I went, there was a church, Westminster Church in Godfield, Illinois, which is near St. Louis, and I was their youth uh, intern uh, while I was in seminary for about two years. But they had about 10 kids who's, who, the kids were Christians, their parents made them come, but in a good way, it wasn't a bad way. I'm not sure it was the kind of youth ministry, like, they didn't expect me to. It was more of an internal youth ministry model, like, please teach our kids something. You're younger and cooler than us parents. And it was sort of easy. Like, I just did a Bible study once a week, and I went and slept in some horrible camp with them somewhere in the Midwest for, you know, <laughs> one week tomorrow I am. But other than that, I never had to, like, build a group or maintain it, if that makes sense. So, yeah, answer is I did it, but I, I want to be honest and say, the reason that I chose college ministry was because of parents. And so I've never really done youth ministry. <laughs> that's kind of what I was getting at. I was wondering if that was the, the case. And so, look, if, if the ruling elders came to you and said, you know, you're forced to be the youth worker, um, yep. you had to do youth ministry, uh, what priorities would you put in place if you were put in charge of a youth ministry? Um. Good question, easy question to answer. I'm going to answer them like I do everything off the top of my head. So I, this is a priority, but I wouldn't know. I'd have to really think about how to go first, second, third. So I would say all of these for right now are equal. To do effective youth ministry, you must build a team. And the younger you can make that team, the better you're going to be served in youth ministry. So if I'm at a church like Peer Orchard, John, where you served, or I'm at Redeemer here in Knoxville where I ser- currently serve, I want to make sure that I've got um, an actual leadership team that I'm leading that has both men and women volunteers. And if I can get any of those men, men and women volunteers to be college students, I am just doing myself a favor because I need that team to, to just go hang out with youth. As much as we can get to youth and get in front of youth, um, you're going to need a team. And partly I'd say that, and this isn't exactly what you're asking me, John, is I think, I don't think all the stats would tell us, one person can influence at most 30 people, head pastors, youth pastors. And the truth is you can probably highly influence only 10 to 15. And so for you, especially now, if you've got a youth ministry because of the size of your church, there's 30 kids, that's wonderful, or 15 kids, you probably don't need a bunch of volunteers, but the way you burn out in youth ministry is not have helpful volunteers that you're training and discipling to 
help you prepare meals, help you bring food, help you throw parties, help you go to high school games. So you need a team. And as a young youth minister, that can often be the most intimidating thing, but you just need volunteers. The second thing I would prioritize is I want to have fun events. I want to do events that youth want to come to. Now, I don't know what those are. I would now call 15 youth pastors if I was new to this and go, what do they want to come to? But you need to throw great parties. Uh, Here in Knoxville, Cedar Springs uh, built a youth house, which, by the way, if you're listening to me and your church can afford to build a youth house, do it tomorrow. (laughs) Um, Now, only three people listening can even consider that piece of advice, so that's not a priority, but like, their youth house has a juice bar and a fruit stand and a and a it has a waterfall jump. Like when I drop my daughters <laughs> off, I want to go in there. Like it's the most appealing thing. Um, and so they really do a good job of letting youth have a good time. Their their parties are welcoming. Um, no youth guys are doing this night. They're not walking into how great thou art playing. They're walking into Taylor Swift playing on the radio. You know, they're not, there's not somebody reciting the confession to them as they walk in the door. There's somebody giving them a coupon for either a juice. Like they've just done a great job. You need to have great parties. You need to have great events. Um, I think that one of my priorities would be helping my team. I'm not going back to the first point to establish this question. So this is the most important question. Are you an internal youth ministry? Are you an external youth ministry? You have to be both, but what are you more of? So what do I mean? An internal youth ministry says, we're a 450-person church. We have 100 kids. We need to do ministry to them. We need to create Sunday schools for them. We need to have youth events for them. We need to teach them, and that's exactly right. So the majority of your time is, is networking with the 100 kids you have, and then you bump into their friends. But your priority is not necessarily um, growing the church or growing the youth group through new contacts. I mean, that happens organically and naturally. But you really are, you are organized around the church. Nothing wrong with that. It's a great model. But you've got to name that. Or you've got to say, no, we actually don't have a lot of youth. Or our mission has never been really a discipleship model that's that focused internally. It's externally because you're going to do different things with volunteers. You're going to spend more time away from the church, more time in high schools, more time in middle schools. So you've got to name what you are, John. And so for any elders, when you don't tell your youth pastor what his job is, this is why you keep firing him. What you keep, what you this you fire him or her because you have an expectation that they're an internal person and you keep hiring an external person it's because some people are better at one than the other or you really want the church to grow through you reaching youth and you keep hiring a seminary guy who's an internal guy so you know one of the parties would be naming that um I think my other priority John would be um. I think, I don't know how I would prioritize this, but you have to figure out how receptive your church is to youth ministry. Hmm. So a lot of churches want youth ministry, but what they mean, and I promise there's no judgment, they want family-based ministry. 
they really want a youth ministry that equips parents to really raise great Christian kids. That's fine. Um, you know, you, I, again, I've just seen some people really get sideways in churches, the church with them, them with the church, because really what they wanted was a man to disciple dads and moms to be great dads and moms. And that's not really a youth ministry. So one of the priorities is making sure that I understand what the church means by the word youth ministry. It's like one of those words, grace or discipleship. What, is it, what do they mean by youth ministry? A priority for me would be getting the session to articulate in an honest fashion what they want and why they want it. Um, no, that's good. And I think it all, I mean, there's so much of what you're saying that goes back to the first point of having a team in place. And I can think back to, you know, as I started, just one, I mean, out of, you know, pride alone, wanting to be the guy and be the savior and be the one who is in charge. And, you know, when you have a team, you're letting go of some of that control um, and, you know, some of the credit you can get for, you know, the good that occurs in ministry, but how vital it is to have other people in place um, to help you think through some of these things, to help bounce ideas off of, you know, people as a, as, as a sounding board. Um, and also, like you're saying, to kind of know what, what the session is even thinking about youth ministry. Um, you know, if, if there is some conflict of uh, what their thoughts are about youth ministry, you're not just going to them voicing these concerns. You're talking in a group of people, and this team is coming back now talking to the session. So I mean, that, that's, a, that's a vital thing for sure, having, you know, a team in place. I think, John, I would add um, over-communicating with parents is a big deal. Not only what you're doing, but why you're doing it. And, and I think this isn't a priority. I would just This is like free advice. Is if you're in youth ministry, one-third of the parents are mad at you because their children aren't coming, and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm. Literally nothing you can do about it. God's going to get the God, God loves those children more than the parents love them, and they you really represented for those parents their hope that their child would embrace Christ or walk with Christ. And when you're a youth minister, one third of the parents are mad at you. Hmm. Um, probably a little bit closer to fifty percent, John. And, <laughs> and they're not really mad at you, right? They're really frustrated with their child, or that you know you don't get along with their child. But it, you know just. That's not a priority. That's just free advice from a guy working with a session who hears yeah. the parents come to the session room and say, the youth ministry is terrible. What they mean is my child's smoking pot, right? That's what they mean. And you didn't help them. I get it. But that that's not a, a priority. So, I appreciate that you're bringing that up because, I mean, just doing youth ministry for you know over 12 years in a church, um, you do sense that. You sense that, okay, I'm in leadership. Not everybody's going to agree with my leadership, so these parents are mad at me. I mean, I can consistently remember thinking that, just showing up on a Sunday and knowing, okay, these people are disappointed in this decision. They're upset with, at me. So uh, what advice would you give uh, to youth workers listening, knowing, okay, people are going to be mad at me, people are going to be disappointed with me, and just kind of carrying that around, it can wear you down, um, uh, you know, over a time. So, so what, what advice would you give there? Just some general advice on discouragement there and knowing people are disappointed with you. Um, John, I'd say these things. I mean, that's a great question. The first thing I would say is, and if you can't get this in place eventually, and I don't mean in one year, you probably need to go find a place where you can't get in place, but you need two elders and their wives and a deacon and his wife who understand what you're doing and who agree with it and who have your back. 
So one of the things you can't do is you can't be the one answering all the disappointment. Um, that's, that's part of why your team does need to have older people on it who can say, hey, we'll meet with those parents. You don't want to be the spokesman for your youth department. I mean, there are times when you certainly do, but you've, when I say, when you and I say together, you got to build a team, that's just not a team of people doing work. That's a philosophical commitment. That's a commitment to bear one another's burdens. And that's a commitment even for them to speak to people who are really frustrated and disappointed. I had a pastor who was ready to quit his job and the session just really sensed his frustration. He's about to step down. They said, well, you know, why are you, you know, why are you wanting to take another job? He said, I'm just tired of disappointing people. And he said, every time somebody comes to you and begins to tell you something they're disappointed with, I want you to stop them and send them to us. And the session really took on the burden of answering that question. Man, it renewed him in that job. It renewed his preaching. It renewed, he, he had people on his team. So I would say you, you've got that team has got to be part of bearing that burden. The second thing you need to hear me say, and some of you probably need to leave ministry when I say this is, Leadership is disappointing people at a rate that they can take. That is what leadership is. You read that in every book. And you succeed when you do that because everybody, but especially in churches and nonprofits, they're idealists, they're romantics, and you've got to lead people to realistic expectations and realistic goals. And that means they're disappointed. Being a minister is about disappointing people, Mm. and especially being a youth minister. When you're a, when you're a regular pastor, you got some forty year olds who know life can be disappointing, who've had a miscarriage, who've gone through a divorce, whose friends are getting divorced. But parents have so many hopes and dreams for their children. But you you need to recognize that being a youth minister, you're never trying to disappoint people. You will be, and that's part of what it means to be a leader. Being a leader, being a leader is making decisions and helping people deal with that disappointment. Um. And I just think, I mean, you know, John, you're going to laugh. I think you're going to ask me about this on one of our other days. But, like, you need to be in counseling because you need somebody that you can go in and go, can I vomit out my frustration and anger about this? And and that's not your wife, by the way. Um, and it may not even be an elder all the time. You, you, you need to be safe. I, another thing. John, I would say, you know, what is a priority? If I'm a youth, young youth pastor, I need to be in a relationship with five other youth pastors with experience who I can call and say, what do you do about this? Why did that program work for you? It's not working for me. You need to be in a community of youth pastors. This is a big deal. Do not do this by yourself professionally. Find other youth ministers. And ROM is obviously a great place to do that. Plug for our January training. Uh, but um, you need to be in a place where you've got other people who can give you advice on that, on those, these kind of issues. Once again, that's very good stuff, John. And yeah, just as he gave a plug, uh, he's talking about RYM's youth leader training, uh, which is going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, and also Paradise, Pennsylvania. So be sure to go to rym.org and uh, check out the details there under our training link. So anything else to add, John? I think that's all for today. All right, thank you.